Arizona's news station, KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. Trying to find the silver lining, Pamela. The World Health Organization. Who? Announced that the novel coronavirus is not, N-O-T, not a pandemic. So uh, reports of all of our deaths have been greatly exaggerated. So, a lot of this has been exaggerated. So but it is not at pandemic level. That's a good thing, right? Yeah, I don't think anybody is cheering for pandemic level. Um, we know that in China, specifically Wuhan, the this, this province that that city's in, um, it is serious. It is taxing the healthcare system. There are people that are dying uh, from it. Um, but that other places, like the United States, where we have confirmed cases, um, we are treating it and uh, we are treating it well. Yeah. And, and yesterday on the Gatos and Chad show, you had both ASU President Michael Crow as well as Arizona Governor Doug Ducey responding and talking about the coronavirus. Why? Well, because we have a case in the state and particularly down at ASU. And therefore, you know, their perspective on what's happening here, people are looking for because I frankly haven't heard uh, President Crow talk publicly about what's been happening at ASU. Mm-hmm. Yes, I've read statements and fake tweets. That's a whole different story. That's That's another one. But um, this was the first time I'd actually heard him respond. And and, and I'll be honest, I didn't really learn anything from it. And I wasn't expecting to Uh because he's in a really difficult position. There's not a lot he can say. We acknowledge that there is a case and we're doing everything we can to contain it. And if you've had firsthand exposure and we know about that, we're going to let you know. But other than that, like you can't give the person's name, address, social security number and what classes they go to. You got to protect that kind of stuff. So he is between a rock and a hard place, but um, here's at least his perspective on what's happening. We're making available all of our health services and counseling service and so forth, everyone. So I think we're, we're doing a good job. We can always keep focusing on that and we're always vigilant. Okay, did you hear that, that we're making our counseling services available? I thought that was interesting. And we're not talking, we're not talking quote, medical counseling. We're talking... I would assume med- me- mental, mental health counseling from people who are anxious. I think that people are uh, wondering, you know, like, what is this? Is it new? Where is it coming from? That kind of thing. So there's just a general anxiety that is common for humans when they encounter something new. And you also have to take into consideration that ASU is a huge campus, huge community. As a proud graduate, go Devils. It has just grown exponentially over the last decade or so. And there is a huge international community as well and some 3,000 students from China that attend ASU. And if you're here and your family is there Mm -hmm. where it is a true crisis of the coronavirus and you're away from your family as they may be struggling, you're trying to get information. There's a lot of misinformation out there that is most definitely going to ramp up your anxiety, let alone just being, you know, countries away from where your family is at. We have different people who are attempting to tackle the coronavirus in different ways from governments health organizations to individuals like Connor Reed. Okay. I'm not, I don't know who Connor Reed is. Um, Connor moved to the city of Wuhan. He's a Brit. He says 
he thinks he came down with the uh, the coronavirus. He thinks. He thinks he got a little bit of the virus, right? He claims that he was at, quote, death's door. Mm. And that traditional flu remedies didn't work. Well, yeah, because there's no, like, Tamiflu for this. There's nothing to treat it, which makes it scary. Well, he says he has a cure for it, uh, and he came up with it, um, a hot toddy. Whiskey. Whiskey. With honey. With honey. You can't forget that. You got you to heat it up. You got to put the honey in it. And what Connor has just come up with is the remedy that my grandmother used on me decades ago. He refused to take the antibiotics the doctors prescribed him because, quote, I don't want to take any medicine. (laughs) He He just went to whiskey as the thing and says he's healthy as a horse now. Yeah, Connor. I'm not buying a Connor. Connor I'm not, says whiskey, like, whiskey will cure the coronavirus. Listen, coronavirus contains no corona, and whiskey will not coro- will not fix yeah. the coronavirus, which contains no corona. It's just, it's just not happening. But you are seeing those those fears worldwide. We, I mean, we've seen them here in Arizona as well. Yeah. You had a bunch of students that wanted classes canceled at ASU, but it has been taken to a, a, a new level. Oh. How about this? Restaurants, restaurants in South Korea. Japan. We've we've seen a little bit of this in, unfortunately, Hong Kong and in Vietnam. They've refused to accept Chinese customers. They are refusing to serve Chinese customers. You've got Indonesians, some that have marched near hotels and called on Chinese guests to leave. Oh, for God's sake. There is this huge, like, anti-China backlash that is going on across the world. Yes. That wasn't my, my default wasn't, I need, the Chinese are the problem. No, the virus. Right. But that's my problem. problem. I was going to say, my problem is, oh, this is the Chinese. That's their, but listen, Indonesia, speaking of Indonesia, Mm -hmm. Pamela, have, um, have taken stupidity to the next level, I think. So, I only, I'm only bringing it up because I actually saw the video of this. And I, I flew over the weekend and I thought, how would I react if uh, I came uh, and I flew somewhere and I got off the plane. I had to walk down the stairs onto the tarmac, okay, mm-hmm. one of those types of airports. And when I got to the bottom of the stairs... There were guys there to hose me off. What do you mean, hose you off? (laughs) So, passengers from China landing in Batam, Indonesia, were greeted by five officials wearing hazmat suits with sprayers. And you had to walk like the gauntlet (laughs) with your bags of these guys misting you down and spraying you with what is not 100% clear, but they say some kind of disinfectant. You know, no, hard no. But you had nowhere one. to go. You, you, were you going to stay on the plane? But it's, it's one of those things where if you go to like a water park, I'm just envisioning like a water park where you've got like the water canyons and you're just spraying the kids with the water canyons oh, and they're running the, the gauntlet. Wait a minute. Is it a water canyon? Cannons. Okay, yeah, I was just making sure. I talk for a living. Yeah. Come on now. Uh, and, and so we'll you're just you're, you're you're running the gauntlet on yeah. this. You do that when you get off a plane. Yeah, and, and these guys look like um, well, besides the fact that they're wearing the yellow bunny suit, you know, I mean, they're in full hazmat gear, full hazmat gear. It reminded me of like 
you have like a pest control guy come over. He's got the backpack on. He's got the sprayer. He's going around looking for bugs and whatnot. And, then, and you have to walk past five of these people spraying you when you get off the plane. Yeah, I don't know. I think that if that really worked, you'd have more countries doing that. <laughs> um, the fact don't that, give them ideas. No, no, but it's Indonesia, it right? Indonesia. I don't necessarily. I think that if that really worked, yeah. you wouldn't be quarantining people for two weeks when they come back to the United States. Fair enough. Now we Hurry do- up, look busy. <laughs> Hurry up, right? Do something. Put Stand on a hazmat suit and just spray suit. people. Spray everybody. And, and we'll, we'll show the world that we're doing something about this. Yeah. They should have shots of whiskey waiting for them when they get off, too. Maybe that would Maybe. have been a better idea. You know what? That I would have taken. You'd say, you get off the plane, there's a guy standing there with a hot toddy. Yeah. You want to, would you like to be deloused? Don't be spraying me down. Or do you with... want the hot toddy? <laughs> Which one do you want? I don't want to be you want to go, you Turn to your left, you get sprayed. Go to your right. Can I, can I spin a you wheel? You get lit. <laughs> Pick a side of the fence here. Both of them are going to cure you oh, of man. the coronavirus. We are laughing about it. It is you know serious what? in other yeah. places, but we do need to have a certain measure of perspective here Agreed. that we are not delousing people for it, nor do does anybody in the medical field believe that hot toddies are going to cure you if you got a, a touch of the corona. Yeah, my grandma thought, though, that it would fix any kind of cold. Oh, for God's sakes. Have you uh, been to a concert recently? Uh did it start on time? How long did it go? Would you sue if the artist was spending their sweet time backstage doing their hair while you were twiddling your thumbs? Well, we've got some people suing Madonna for that. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. So, we have a story now of, um, of a couple of folks. In New York. Not for nothing. Who uh, wanted to go see Madonna. Now... Every time you see, like, Madonna, Madonna. you know what comes to mind for me? What? The birdcage. Have you ever seen the birdcage? Yes. Madonna, 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 Madonna. Yes, they wanted to go see Madonna, Madonna. So they got themselves a pair of tickets to see Madonna, which, by the way, I uh, uh, if you were going there to, to hear uh, Material World or what, you're yeah, no, going to be grossly no, disappointed. Grossly on, disappointed girls! in that. Do you yeah, believe in love? Not, not where we're the, headed no. in this day and age. But they are suing for breach of contract and false advertising. Well, 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 I've entered into a contract with Madonna. Negligent misrepresentation. Why? <laughs> Madonna fan Nate Hollander expressing himself with a lawsuit. He shelled out over $1,000 for three tickets to Madonna's Madame X concert on December 17th in Miami. The tickets said the show starts at 8.30 p.m. But Madonna has been about two hours late for her concert start times, so future start times were changed to 10.30 p.m. That's too late for Hollander, who says ticket holders were not offered refunds for those who could not or did not want to attend the late concert. He's suing Madonna and promoter Live Nation for breach of contract, seeking 15 grand in whoa, damages. Oh, you spent a grand on tickets and you want 15 in return? That's how do we get that deal? Works. Hold on a second. How do we yeah, get that deal? Yeah, I mean, I, I get the guy wanting his money back. I, I totally do. If I bought a ticket that said that the artist, the performance, like the show, yeah, if the show starts the at 8.30, 8.30, 30, I would then expect Madonna to be on the stage by 10. You, know, you, got you an give her an hour act. and a half. Well, I mean, you got an opening act, oh, okay. and then you got to transition over the stage and all that kind of stuff. But if it's going to start at 1030, well, then she's, what, she's not going to get to the stage until midnight. If it's a school night, <laughs> if it's, I'm not going. <laughs> I mean, like, you, I can't. 
do that. Right. Who wants to? I stay want my money back. Night, right. I, I want my money back. Um, but because they wouldn't give him his money back, he's now suing. I'd want my money back, but I, I wouldn't. Sue. I'm trying to find out. I don't know if she has an opening act because she's doing these smaller. It's called a theater tour. So she's doing these smaller okay. things. So I don't even know if she has an opening act. So, but you get my point. No, no, but I, I understand what you mean. But, but the, the point being is that uh, if it says 8.30, there isn't an opening act and she shows up at 11.30, you're like, I got to go home at some point. I'm not sitting there twiddling my thumbs for, for, three, for three No. And you don't no. know what time to show up because you don't want to miss it, right? So you got to be you there when they say time. it's going to start. Wasting so how are you yeah. supposed to know how the how long the artist wants you to sit around? That's one of the reasons why I just don't go to concerts. It's not a bad argument. It's not a bad argument, and I'm not a huge fan of concerts anymore. But this isn't this isn't atypical, right? You have artists that show up late all the time, unfortunately, or they take forever to get to the stage, and you're like, "Come on, let's move it along." So, in in a previous life, when when we did concerts, and I, I worked in uh, with in the radio music radio slash concert business as well. Um, we always had a problem with trying to keep a concert on time. Now, we were trying to keep it on time, not because we were worried about Pamela getting home. Yeah, of course not. Nobody cares. This was, we had union guys, like, working the stage, and if we ran over, they got paid overtime. Uh, this, is, this is dollars and cents. Folks, we are on a schedule. Time is money. Like, we had a three-ring binder. You were, like, turning pages. What time things happen. Yeah. But it's very difficult to get artists to play along, especially when they get oh, up right. on stage, sure. you know, they're getting a lot of applause and get people throwing There's flowers in them. Like, too. I mean, hey, I could do another couple songs. Yeah, you know? love These me. people Let's love me. Go. So, credit to uh, 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 to Randy uh, uh, for, for for, and I want to say it was a lot of his idea too. The we had a rotating stage, so I want you to imagine a a round like a big lazy Susan, uh huh, where we could set up one act on the backside, on the backstage side. On half of it, And yeah. then you could just spin the stage, and they were there, ready to go, set up. So one act's done, bloop, turn spin it the around, stage. the next act's ready to go. Little did I know that this would come in so amazingly handy when we had artists that refused to stick to the schedule. Yeah, because how do you kick them off the stage? What do you do, like turn off their mics? So that's one way you could do it. Yeah. But then you get a lot of that, like the crowd booing, people sure. shouting, you know, screw the sound man, whatever. <laughs> you, believe me, I've heard it all. Um <laughs> The spinning stage is just a fantastic way to, you're done. The stage starts spinning. Do you actually do that, though? Like, if, so, you, if it's over? I, I, I got to take you back to the 1900s again. Okay. Or early 2000s. The Fugees. Oh, yeah. They're big. Lauren Hill, they were big, right? Wyclef. Wyclef Jean. Is, or they're big. They're a lot of stuff. So um, we told them, I think we, it's a 45-minute set. And they agree. They're like, yeah, we can 45 minutes. Like, so they're screwing around. <laughs> like I can, wa- I'm like watching like there's TikTok, like TikTok, eight TikTok. minutes between songs. Like, why are we talking all the time? Play a damn song, right? I'm on the side of the stage. Yeah, yeah. And I'm looking at the thing and I'm like, I got to tell you. And um, at the time, I want to say it was like the number one song in the country. Mm-hmm. And it was the remake. Strumming oh, sure. You're looking at like 97, 98. Uh-huh. Right. And literally they get to the first note of the song. Strumming. Boom, sound cuts off, stage starts spinning. And I'm staring at Randy, and I was like, you have the biggest you-know-whats I've ever seen in my life. And he's like, we're on a schedule. Like, he shut it he off? spun the Fugees in the middle of their biggest, in the middle of the first three notes. I was like, I can name that tune. And they're done. 
what happened when it came back around and you had the Fugees they in front were, of you? Right. So then they, yeah, there's another band. I can't remember who it was. The other bands, are, and they're already playing. I mean, of the music's playing. So the crowd doesn't have a lot of time to react. They're like, smart. oh, okay, there's another band. Super Yay! smart. It was, it was uncomfortable. You think? Um, and there was there was some some words back and forth, and and to his credit, Randy standing there going, so it was forty five minutes, and I spun the stage at forty five minutes. What part of that didn't you guys understand was going to happen? Randy, my man, I like it. Randy's like, TikTok, I don't even TikTok. know you guys. I have no problem spinning the stage on you. Your name is is what yeah. again? Who? He was uh, like, never seen you. I am care. not paying the union. He was a stage overtime. manager. I'm here to spin the stage. I spin the stage. So people who showed up there got to hear three notes of the Fuji's biggest song. <laughs> it was like, but I also love that there was there was another band ready to go. Yeah. So the God, I wish I could remember who it was. They didn't have enough time to really react. Like, I was so shocked. I don't even remember who they, we spun the stage to. It was absolutely fantastic. Does the chaos, and we are at full blown chaos in the Iowa caucus, show a major flaw? In the election process in general. And we have an idea as to when we might have some of those results as to who won and who lost last night. Talking about it next, right here on Arizona's News Station. Arizona's News Station. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. You know that feeling you had this morning when you walked out to get into your car or maybe you walked from car to work or something like that? Remember that feeling this morning? Mm-hmm. That's what I think New Hampshire feels like all the time. Oh, the, like the coldness yeah. against your skin? That's what I'm, I'm... Oh, my goodness. I think New Hampshire's like that in August for some reason. I just That's what I what believe. What is going on? And we've got all of the uh, candidates, uh, the D's, running for president in New Hampshire already, even though the Iowa caucus was just yesterday and at 11.33 Phoenix time. We still don't know who won. We don't. Maybe more important, we don't know who lost. Uh, There is that as well. Now, we may be getting some numbers sometime today by best guesstimates right now, Bruce. We're hearing from the Iowa Democratic Party chair who said that some of the results are going to be released around 3 o'clock our time today. But let me tell you, the impact, the sheen, the the momentum, that the bump that you can get off of winning Iowa is all but gone right now because of just what a disaster it was last night. It's an utter meltdown in Des Moines. What was supposed to be a joyous kickoff to the Democratic nominating contest is instead a meltdown of epic proportions for a party that it right now is, is grappling with a whole series of issues. Now, no clarity at all out of Iowa. No information coming from the Iowa Democratic Party after a series of technical snafus uh, delayed and called into question the results of the Iowa caucuses. Just get rid of the caucus. Yeah. Just get rid of it. Can I tell you who I, uh, can I tell you that I think this, like my initial thought, who does this benefit was Andrew Yang. Why? Well, he's the tech guy. And I'm like, well, if anybody should be able to capitalize on the fact that you guys can't make a bleeping app at work, (laughs) it should be the tech guy going, this is a problem I could solve. Right? That's what I thought of. We're in his wheelhouse. But we had uh, all, just about all of them. um, Claim victory? Yeah, and it was bizarre. Now, credit where credit's due. Last night, everybody was dancing, trying to talk about something, and there was absolutely no results. So... You got to give credit to Amy Klobuchar. Um, Senator Klobuchar, her group, uh, maybe it was her idea, said, 
Let's just go out right now. Why? Because every TV and radio station is sitting there talking about nothing. Tap and dancing. they'll have to cover us well, just so they can go take a break and go to the bathroom. Yeah, for I mean, that's sakes. literally how things work in this industry sometimes. <laughs> you're tap dancing. You're trying to find new things. Keep it fresh. What What's next? About? What's next? And yeah, Amy Klobuchar and her campaign gave folks an opportunity is to say what's next. And here's what she had to say. We know there's delays, but we know one thing. What do we know? We are punching above our weight. Okay, you know okay. what? I, so we I, didn't have a zero. <laughs> so we didn't. We didn't. Lose. No goose egg. I mean, from from the folks that have been out at the different, you know, caucus locations, she apparently did much better than anticipated. Now, okay. How do you quantify that? Right. We don't know quite yet. But everyone after that then came out and started like declaring somewhat of a victory. We are one step closer to winning the fight for the America we imagine is possible. That's, of course you're a step closer. Elizabeth close. Warren, right? Yeah, because this is the first you step. You don't have a choice. You're taking it's the, the next Iowa step. caucus. You spent money in New Hampshire going it's anywhere. It's the first step. Yeah. Everybody's going to be one step closer. Fair enough. Fair the enough. hope that propelled me Who into this campaign is vindicated every day. Was vindicated in a big way last night when we had a chance to quiet those questions of whether we belonged in this effort in the first place. Hmm. Still think there might be some questions. I don't know if you've entirely quieted. I don't them. think. I don't think he answered all of his questions. But what about oh. the the front runner for a period of time? It's gone back and forth between the, the bees, between Bernie and Biden. Right. Okay. Here, here's Joe Biden last night. What, what do you take away from this? Indications are from our indications, it's going to be close. We're going to walk out of here with uh, our share of delegates. We don't know exactly what it is yet, but we feel good about where we are. We're going to get a share of delegates. A small share, but a share. A share. Technically, he's okay. And uh, yeah, and they say from our numbers, because as we understand it, keep in mind, these these caucus sites all over the state, almost all of them have members of the staff in them so they can count the votes. (laughs) Like, they know what they are. Like, you know, they're sitting there going, hey, how are things in Davenport? You're like, uh, Biden got three. What? Well, there there are roughly 1,700 different caucus locations. Right. A ton. Some are bigger than others. Okay. So how does this work? And what are some of these locations? What do they look like? You may have, you've seen the the game of Red Rover, Red Rover that was going on in the school Huge fan of it. Okay. Huge fan. Example the A. Example B may be kind of like a, a... a community town hall where folks gather and then you'll get even smaller examples of this you go to like the very rural areas of iowa like oh i don't know grant iowa where i would venture to say none of the candidates had a representative bruce take a listen this is how we elect a president grant is a tiny iowa town named for our 18th u.s president the population peaked to nearly 300 people ahead of the great depression but has dwindled to a mere 88 souls but last night it joined the rest of the state in hosting a democratic caucus for the first time ever at the hayloft the town's local bar and grill it's owned by zelda swartz a 74 year old republican the des moines register says the original plan was to host at grant's firehouse but they declined because they'd have to move the trucks outside. The front bar features signs and a TV in the far corner. A rustic vibe fills the back room where farm memorabilia is scattered. Farm memorabilia. signs hang and a pool table sits prominently. You don't need a lot of money if you'd like to eat. Hamburgers only cost $2.50. But if you want to chew, a can of Skull behind the bar costs $7. I've been all over Iowa. You would think I was running for president. Can I tell you something? 
Every establishment in Iowa has farm memorabilia hanging in it. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Everywhere has farm memorabilia. That's a, a given. It is a standard. It's like a, it's like a restaurant in Phoenix having a cactus somewhere. It's just what they have. But that's how we're picking a president down at the local bar? The, yeah, with two two fifty hamburgers and $7, $7 skulls. skulls. Yeah. Trying to okay. get you to if eat you're, more, If dip you're less. reading a, a bit of the tea leaves, it yeah. appears as though Buddha Judge and Sanders, Bernie, had a good night. Biden, not so good. Klobuchar did better than expected. It, it seems as though Elizabeth Warren, a bit status quo. Whether or not those tea leaves are correct, we should be getting some of those results around 3 o'clock Arizona time. But I think the biggest takeaway is people are talking about Iowa not the candidates. Yeah. And I wonder what that means for, for the next election. And didn't we just report on the last Iowa caucus? Does this put uh, a nail, as you said, in the proverbial caucus coffin? And and when they announce the winners, will it be overshadowed by State of the Union? Yes. Guy? Will it be overshadowed by impeachment tomorrow? Yes. You, you know, that it just Debate becomes... Debate Friday, yes. You know, if we, if we grilled people a week from now who won, I don't know if anybody's going to know. Honestly, might be one of the reasons why you think we're going to heck in a handbasket. Pamela says she can restore your faith in humanity, and that's coming up next. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Do you struggle with, um, with technology? I think there is, there's a scale, and, and we can be honest. If you didn't grow up with technology, you had to learn it at some point, and 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 some people struggle. Struggle, maybe uh, you know our parents what? as oh, an example. Saying, you're looking at me right now. No. Yes, I know. But if you've grown up the digital natives, that this is the norm. Yeah. It's much easier to adapt. Navigate. It's much easier to get through yeah. it. But we're finding out that parents parents dread asking their kids for help with technology to the point that they dread it more. Than having the birds and the bees talk. Yeah, when you're a parent and you think about what's the conversation I'm really not looking forward to having with my kid. Birds and the bees is up there. Okay. Uh, Most definitely is up there. But in this survey, 56% of parents said they'd rather talk to their kids about sex and puberty (laughs) than learn about new online features, trends, and gadgets. (laughs) You, you stick with what you know, right? Right. Like if you've gotten to the point you're a parent, you've you pretty much got the birds and bees part down. You know how this works. You, I would hope that yeah. you do. But technology you don't know is how that works. a absolute wonderland out there. And I and and I again I have a certain measure of sympathy that even if it's it's like anything if you took a break, you know, like learning a language. If you stop speaking a language for a while, all of a sudden you can't. It's tough to pick it back up again. If you take a break from technology oh, and you geez. pick up a new piece of technology, oh, like, well, what the hell happened? To you these? say you say a new piece of oh, technology. Okay. I, you know, I've got my phone, my iPhone in my hand right now. I probably oh boy use five percent, maybe ten percent <laughs> of the capabilities of this phone. Yeah. There's so much more this thing do we need can to do. Teach you more. Uh, that, well, I mean, you? just in general, I know that there's so much more that this phone could do that I just I'm not using it for. Yeah. Same thing with my laptop. I, I mean, I use it mm. for very like basic reasons, and I'm sure there there are apps for that to make my life more convenient or so they say. Because technology is only convenient when it works. All right. Oh. When it doesn't, it is absolutely you- annoying, and you then become. 
these grandparents in this commercial. Grandkids equals free tech support. Oh, oh, Lord. Yes. oh look at you. So great to see you. None of this works. None of this, None works. Of this Hands works. Hands in the laptop, the iPad, add them the yes. phone and, and do it. And there is so much reality in that. I think it's, it's, it's hilarious and it's kind of frustrating because guess what? Uh, half of my conversations with my mother involve trying to walk her through over the phone. And by the way, I have a new respect for the people on the other end of tech support in India. Oh, when I'm trying when to walk my support? mom through and I've literally at some point go, is it plugged in, mom? <laughs> okay, let's start with that. Let's work backwards. I had a situation just even this week where I delete, you know, me and my emails. I look at it right now and on my phone, let's see, I have 903 emails on I have one. It must have yeah. just come in while we were talking. This is the difference between the two of yes, us. Yes, it came in at 11.50. And, uh, and, and, and I was in the grocery store, and I'm like, I got some time, so I started you know, deleting some, some emails. And then when I get home, it, it didn't delete them off my Mac. Right. It's supposed to. There's Why didn't se- it? There's a setting for that. I have Googled. I have changed all <laughs> settings. I can't figure it out. So, like, I got... Now I feel ask like my Riley. mom. We'll just ask Riley. She'll get it done for you. Hey, it might be one of the reasons why you think we're going to heck in a handbasket. Pamela says she can restore your faith in humanity. Yeah. Hey, at the uh, the Super Bowl game on Sunday, did, did you see the Kansas City Chiefs player who was doing the snow angel in the confetti? In the confetti. Yeah, oh, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, that was defensive tackle Derek Naughty. And... Not only did, did did he do snow angels and confetti, which is just epic in my opinion, he also has been doing something pretty epic all season long. Every time the Chiefs have won a game, he has paid off the adoption fees for a dog at the KC Pet Project shelter. Yeah. All the dogs that he has paid the adoption fees for have since been adopted out. They won the big game on Sunday, and so Derek stepped it up in a big way and paid off all the adoption fees of all the dogs in the shelter. Wow. So the KC Pet Project is now saying these dogs are all available. We know we're going to find them good homes, which is coming at a very important time because they're getting more and more animals into their shelter. So they're going to be able to get them all homes. And it's just something that like his foundation has been working with this organization. He loves animals, has found a way to give back to the community. And I absolutely love it. They didn't even know this was happening. This was just something he's like, I want the big game. I'm taking care of all you doggies. All the doggies. Love it. Got them all. Taken care of. That is outstanding. Pamela restoring your faith in humanity. We look through the double pane bulletproof class. We've got DJ Tommy Two-Tone, Super Producer Stevie Z, and Bob McClay. Who'll be sticking around?